G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When we have a problem, God has a plan. And Pastor Greg Laurie says it's up to us whether we follow his plan or follow our pride. God really does love you, and he really does have a wonderful plan for your life. Now listen to this, he's not going to force that plan in your life. You can botch the plan. You can abort the plan. You can sabotage the plan. Or you can cooperate with the plan. That is up to you. God will not force his purpose in your life. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Now, when you watch a movie and the main character is in great peril, you might wonder. How on earth is he going to get out of it? How? Well, ask the director, or the actor, or the cinematographer. Everybody behind the scenes knows, because they've read the script. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we're in a jam. God knows how to get us out. He knows the end from the beginning. And today, Pastor Greg shows us how he delivered the Israelites in a very unusual way. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever faced what seemed like an insurmountable obstacle? Maybe you're facing it right now. Something that's so big, so overwhelming, you just wish you could turn and run away. An incurable illness. What seems like an unsolvable problem. A prodigal child, a marriage that is unraveling. You think it will never get fixed ever. Well, if that's what you're facing right now, you have a general idea of how the nation Israel felt as they stood before the massive ancient city of Jericho. The city that God said they were supposed to conquer and his battle plan was one of the most unorthodox ever envisioned in human history. As you know already, they were to march around the city for seven days. That, that was the plan. And then on the seventh day, march around it multiple times and then yell and blow trumpets. And that's not the craziest plan I've ever heard, but it was a plan designed by God to show His power. We all have big challenges in life. It might be a problem. It might be a challenge. Hey, it might even be an opportunity, but all you know is it's really big and there's no way you can do it in your own strength. And you know, for many, the greatest difficulty is to get to the place where they're willing to admit they need God, where they're willing to admit that that thing they're facing is too big for them, and that if God doesn't come through, they're not going to get through it. And by the way, that's not a bad place to be. As the great British preacher used to say, Alan Redpath, when you get to the end of yourself, you get to the beginning of God. Now, let's sort of pick the story up. We remember that God has delivered 
the Israelites from the bondage of Egypt. Why did he bring them out of Egypt? So he could bring them into the promised land. Deuteronomy 6.23 says he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. And it just reminds us that God always has an end game. Maybe you're at a point in your life where things aren't making sense. There seems to be a lot of loose ends, a lot of unanswered questions, but God has a game plan. God has a beginning, a middle, and the end. Now we don't always know what we are in life. Some of us think we're at the beginning when we may be near the end. Some of us think we're near the end when maybe we're near, well, a new beginning. So we're not quite sure, but you just need to know that God has a plan and God finishes what he begins. He's described as the author and finisher of our faith. I don't know about you, but I don't always finish what I begin. I have an office at home. It's just really a room that I have my computers in and my uh, books and such. And it, it, it looks like a bomb went off in there, okay? It had so much junk because I am a pack rat, okay? And so I got to a point where I couldn't find anything. I lost my wife for a week. I thought <laughs> she might be in there somewhere. So I just said, okay, this is the day. So I attacked it. And I got these bins and I filled them and and I almost was completely done. I mean, it was absolutely transformed, but I didn't quite finish it. I moved this stuff uh, to another place and, and it was looking pretty good. There were still a few little piles, but I've noticed those little piles are now starting to grow again, you see. See, I did it the wrong way. I need to completely clean it. Uh, I didn't complete what I began, but God always finishes what he starts. So he has a plan for you. Now listen to this, he's not gonna force that plan in your life. I know you've heard it before, but it's true. God really does love you, and he really does have a wonderful plan for your life. Having said that, you can botch the plan. You can abort the plan. You can sabotage the plan, or you can cooperate with the plan. That is up to you. God will not force his purpose in your life. He said this to the Israelites, and it's in principle true for us as well. In Deuteronomy 11:26, he says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. And in the same way, we have that choice before us each and every day. We can choose life, or choose the blessing by choosing to follow God, or we can choose death and in effect the curse by not following God. He brought them out to bring them in. He brought us out to bring us in. He brought us out of sin to bring us into light. The Apostle Paul describing what conversion looks like says we turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And the point is we go from darkness to light. He brings us out to bring us in. It doesn't say he brought us from black to gray or from cold to lukewarm. And here's a problem. Some of us go part of the way. Sort of like me cleaning my office. I did it part of the way. And I might even add most of the way, but I didn't do it completely. So we say, I'm gonna follow Jesus and Jesus can have this part of my life and he can have that part of my life but there's a few little piles over here I'm keeping to myself. And I won't say what those are piles of but probably papers or trash or things you don't need. 
But whatever it is, these are mine. I'm gonna keep these. And then those little piles turn into big piles. And pretty soon you find out that you haven't changed as much as you should have. First Peter 2 says, they stumble because they do not obey God's word. But you are not like that, speaking to Christians. You're a chosen people, a holy nation called from darkness to light to show others the goodness of God. So he brought them out to bring them in. So here are the Israelites now. They're, they're out of Egypt. The Red Sea is parted for them. And they are now moving forward. They were going to the promised land. God is giving to us the land of promises. Well, thanks for joining us on A New Beginning today with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And we're working our way through a series about world changes. Really inspiring stuff. Today's message is called Overcoming the Insurmountable. So let's go back historically now. The Israelites have been delivered from Egypt and they came in short order to the point of entry of the land of Canaan, the promised land which would ultimately become the nation Israel. And the point of entry was a spot called Kadesh Barnea. So instead of marching in, they said, well, let's, let's check this out. Let's send some spies in. So 12 spies went in. Two of them we know by name, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb went in along with 10 other spies. And when they came back, there was a majority report and there was a minority report. 10 said, there's no way we should go in there. The people are really big. In fact, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, yeah, things are big in the new land. But check out this cluster of grapes we brought out. These grapes are so big it took two of us to get them out of the place. Let's go for it. But the people of Israel said no. They were filled with unbelief. They said we do not want to go in. The problem is they had a small God thus they had big problems. And that unbelief cost them 40 years of needless wilderness wanderings. Unbelief says let's stay back where it's safe. In contrast, faith says, let's go forward where God is working. Well, here's the problem. They didn't go forward. They went around in circles because God was going to weed out all of the doubters. And so now 40 years have passed, going around and around and around again. And then they were whining, complaining about the food God gave them called manna. I mean, granted, every day they had manna. So what's for breakfast today? Manna omelet. Awesome. Lunch, manna meatloaf, okay. Dinner, manna pizza. And every day it was some version of manna. And they started complaining. They said to Moses, well, we're sick of manna. We've, we've tried every version of manna we could eat. We've had banana splits. We've had manna cotti. We just, we, we don't want any more manna. They said, we remember the good old days back in Egypt where we used to eat garlic and onions and leeks. Man, their breath must have stunk, right? Okay. <laughs> and best of all, we remember the meat. We want fresh meat. So the Lord said, they want meat. I'm going to give it to them. And the Bible says, God bring quail on them. And these people were so hungry for meat, they ate the birds before they were even dead. But the Bible says, it turned bitter in their mouth. The scripture says, he gave them what they wanted, but he sent leanness to their souls careful what you ask for, you might get it. 
I think that's why it's always a good thing in prayer to say, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I think this is what I need, and I think this is what I want, but you know better than I do, and if for some reason this request that I am now praying is outside of your will, please, I ask you, overrule it. That's a good way to pray. Well, we want meat, God says, you sure? Yes, there you go. They got what they wanted. So now their numbers shrunk, and they're no longer the great multitude they were. In fact, that older generation is gone. Now we have a whole new generation. They're young people. Uh, they didn't go through the Red Sea. They just heard the stories. Uh, they've lived their whole life eating manna. The only life they've known is a life in the wilderness. These are the people now that are gonna go into the promised land. God was going to lead them in, but they needed their own encounter with the Lord. And you know what? Every generation needs their own encounter with the Lord. Over 40 years ago, we had the Jesus movement, and a whole generation was impacted, but we're all grandparents now, if we were there for that. And we're praying for another Jesus movement for our young people today, that they can encounter God in their own way and see the Lord work. That's what we should be praying for. But now there's a big barrier keeping this new generation ready to enter into the promised land from getting in. And it was called the Jordan River. Now granted, it wasn't as big as the Red Sea, but hey, it was still big enough. So they come to the bank of it and they look at it. There's no way they can get over it. So the Lord does a special miracle just for them. And the waters part sort of like a mini Red Sea, and they went in and got their feet wet. What's interesting about the Jordan River is the Lord said, walk in, and it was still moving, and it didn't open up until they got into the water. And sometimes the Lord will say, take this little step of faith, and you have to first get your feet wet. And it doesn't happen right in front of you. You have to be willing to take that risk, and that's what they did. So the Jordan River opens up. They walk through it now, and now they're facing what appears to be an insurmountable obstacle. The first city that they are to conquer in the promised land, the city of Jericho. But before they go in, a mysterious visitor comes to them. You can read about it later in Joshua 5. A massive strapping soldier with a very large sword. Joshua looks at him and says, uh, excuse me, um, are you friend or foe? And he's thinking, please say friend, please say friend. <laughs> and that massive soldier says, I'm commander of the Lord's army. Some believe this was an angel. Others believe this was a Christophany. And a Christophany is an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. I sort of lean toward the latter. I think this may have been an appearance of Christ himself. And here's why I think that, because this messenger says to Joshua, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. I don't think an angel would say that. In fact, when people would try to worship angels, they would rebuff them. But of course, this reminds us of what happened to Moses at the burning bush as God spoke to him. So what the burning bush was to Moses, this soldier is to Joshua. It's his own encounter with the Lord. And God's preparing him now for Jericho which by the way comes from an original Hebrew phrase that translates out to the big enchilada. And no, I made that up, but it was big. And so now here comes the battle plan for conquering the big enchilada. 
Here's the plan for bringing down the mighty walls of Jericho and the inhabitants. Joshua chapter six. Now I'm gonna read verses one to five. Read along with me. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and its mighty warriors. Your entire army is to march around the city once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you march around the city seven times with the priests blowing your horns. And when you hear the priests give one loud blast on the horns, all the people should shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the people can charge straight into the city. I want you to notice this battle was already decided. God said in verse two, I've given you Jericho, the king and its mighty warriors. Did you know the battle you're in is already won? You don't fight for victory, you fight from victory. Satan is a defeated foe. At the cross of Calvary, Jesus dealt a decisive blow against the devil and his followers, his minions, if you will, and he conquered them. So when we face the devil, we stand in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in our strength, but in his strength. Now, I'm not saying you're not gonna be tempted. I'm not gonna say you won't be harassed. And I'm not saying the devil is not powerful, but what I am saying is you'll never be tempted above your capacity to resist. And your God is greater than your adversary. So this battle is already decided just as it was for Israel. We just need to do what God tells us to do. For them, march around the city in silence once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times and then scream and blow trumpets. Do you ever feel like God is just messing with your mind a little bit? <laughs> I mean, what kind of a crazy battle plan is this? It seems as though the Lord goes out of his way to come up with plans to cause us to be dependent upon him. Whether it's Israel with their trumpets or Gideon with his torches, and we'll look at that next time, God loves to use human weakness to show his strength. But understand this, there's always a method to the madness, and this is not madness at all. But God had a plan, and God had a purpose, and a reason for having them do this. But it seems to me that the Lord will find unusual ways to lead us so we'll realize it is from him. Pastor Greg Laurie with some great insights today into God's plan for Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. It's a message called Overcoming the Insurmountable. And there's more to come as this study continues tomorrow. But right now, before we go, Pastor Greg reiterates how the Lord will sometimes work in some pretty unusual ways. Look at the different ways that Jesus healed people. Have you ever noticed that each case was different? To one person, he would speak the word and they would be healed. To another, he would touch them and they would be healed. To even another, they would touch him and they would be healed. And to one guy who was blind, he spit on the ground, rubbed it in dirt, 
and put it in the guy's eye. Here, buddy, here's mud in your eye. I mean, can you imagine if you came to me for prayer? Would you pray for me, Pastor? Sure, I'd be happy to. Wait, what are you doing? It's in the Bible. Why did Jesus do this? So people would not get hung up on the technique. It is God that heals. He can heal in many ways. He can heal you through the prayers of believers. He can heal you when the elders of the church pray for you and anoint you with oil. He can heal you through the guided hands of a gifted surgeon. There's many ways He can touch you, but ultimately we say, well, that was from the Lord. But uh, God intentionally changes His method so we'll continually look to Him. If you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message, it is available from Vision Christian Store. Search Overcoming the Insurmountable at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.